Welcome everybody to a new episode of Conspiracy 420, the Son of Sam Chronicles with Carl DeNaro. This is Carl DeNaro right here. I'm Rocker Mike, Rob Rossi to my left. And today we're talking about the fourth Son of Sam shooting, uh, which was the January 30th, 1977 shooting involving uh, John Deal and Christine Freund. Um, this happened by the Forest Hills train station in Queens, um, which is a very kind of exclusive area known as Forest Hills Gardens or Forest Hills Estates. Uh, just to give a little overview, and then Carl will come in with some, some good discussion on this. What we're looking at here is the steps of the Long Island Railroad, approximately right where this car is, is where John Deal and Christine Freund were parked uh, a little bit after midnight on January 30th, 1977. Uh, the two of them had spent the evening here in the neighborhood uh, having a couple of drinks, catching a movie, which I believe was Rocky. Yes. Right? They went oh, to see. Right. Yeah, it was Rocky. And um, they came back here. It was a very cold evening. Uh, John Deal drove a Pontiac Firebird and they were warming up the car, sitting in the car. And right there, Somebody came out of probably this area here, which was slightly more wooded than it is now, yeah. and shot three shots into the car, uh, two of them hitting Christine Freund, I believe in the head and the shoulder, and one shot bounced off the windshield. John was, was not hit. Right, so uh, actually John uh, dropped uh, Christine off from the movie theater. Right. and then and then drove around all one-way streets because the uh, because of the railroad uh, tracks running through yes. running through Forest Hills. So um, it took a long to secure this route, but uh, eventually he, he parked the car in front of the uh, the entrance to the um, what would that be the south uh, south, uh, south south side. south side of the tracks right, right there where the main steps to come down from yeah, the exactly. They had they had now that they did have drinks at, yeah, at the uh, the wine gallery. the wine gallery which was next to the movie right. theater. Right, that was before the movie theater. Okay, yeah. before the movie. Uh, before the movie, um, and the reason we know that is um, apparently uh, Berkowitz was it was in in the wine gallery on his way out as, as deal was coming as deal was coming, coming in, in and they actually bumped into each other yeah. and they apologized to each other and. No one really thought anything of it. Certainly, wow. John didn't. Yeah, not um, until after Berkowitz not, was apprehended. Not until yeah. afterwards. But yeah. at the time, it was just you know just one of those New York moments. Wow. Yeah. And um, yeah, so they 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 went to the theater, uh, went went to the movies, um, and walked back. Uh, the movie theater was about three blocks uh, from three where blocks and just north of the train station. Right. Right. And um, <clears throat> they got in the car. It was a cold night. And uh, very cold. Yeah, it was, it was a very cold night. He uh, started the car up and um, wanted to warm the car up before they took off. And um, as Mike mentioned, they were going to um, um, an Oaks Club, I believe. Uh, the Oaks uh, Club for, for a dance, da right. you know, disco kind of thing, probably. Right. Yeah. So, um, so as the car's warming up, he leans over and gives her a kiss, and. Um, very, very similar to my shooting. Uh, same thing happened. Yeah. Uh, you know, their their uh, their life kind of uh, 
took a, t took a turn for the worse. Uh, yeah, so uh, once John realized that Christine was hit and she was in bad shape, he got out of the car, um, actually propped her up uh, into the seat, uh, laid her head down on, on the uh, driver's seat, and he ran up to the corner and uh, uh, to, to flag down and it was an oncoming car. Oncoming car. So, right. you know, a car was coming by, flagged them down, told them what happened, and um, they said that they would, um, you know, there was no cell phones back then, so yep. they said they would drive to the police station and let the cops know that a shooting had occurred. Again, this is long before cell phones. So long before yeah. cell phones. So yep. nobody's getting out and putting a quarter in the, uh, the phone machine. Probably was, <laughs> probably was no payphone. And, right. and it was a dime then anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're right. <laughs> to be I, exact. I stand correct. You know what was um, crazy? When we went down there and, and we walked and we did the little did the, the little tour, the little video, there was kind of... It was like that menacing kind of creepy thing that wow this happened yeah. here. Yeah, yeah, I mean, how when you was there, when we when we were there, you could really envision how yeah. this happened. He's parked in front of the train station, wants to warm up the car. We've all yeah. we've all done that in the winter time in New York City, and leans over. The next thing you know, three shots are pumped into the car. Yeah, I mean, it had to be a, a, a you know total freak out moment. I mean, yeah. you know, but. Um, the guy could have been hiding in the bushes then, because the bushes yeah. must have been taller then. Yeah. You know, that all, be all indications from from pictures that I've seen, I know that you you've mentioned this, is that that area was was definitely more uh, I don't know the right word, but there were more shrubs, there were more yeah. bushes, there were more trees yeah. around uh, at the time of the those the murders in Forest Hills, and I, I imagine that that you know changed after that because it was probably good places to hide yeah you know yeah. maybe things weren't as well lit yep right okay. according to um uh, newspaper reports uh like the day after the shooting um and actually, actually newspaper reports and um news news um uh news reports um they, they were talking to the uh talking to the residents and they were saying that you know it's such a good neighborhood but we've been complaining about low lighting and high bushes and um, uh, according according to the newspaper article again um, they, they, I think they had the Civic Association uh, the president of the Civic Association saying that they were um, uh, like the next day, they they were they were on it, uh, up, upgrading the lights, uh, cutting down bushes. Yeah. So immediately. Uh, yeah, it, wow. almost immediately. Yeah. Yeah. And that place would have been easy to ambush somebody. Like if you're hiding in the bushes, you don't yeah. grab or just even mug people. It's well, like, you can still see. You know, the, I mean, obviously there, there's still bushes there, yeah. but uh, you know, I I don't remember. Um, uh, I don't remember back then. I I actually. Um, Kind of hung out in that neighborhood um, eight, nine years later. Mm -hmm. My sister and my girlfriend worked worked at the wine gallery restaurant. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I just I just don't re recall what you know what the neighborhood looked like. What I do what I do recall is the neighborhood looks <laughs> like it hasn't been changed. It, it, you know, it hasn't changed it hasn't all that changed much. much but, yeah, but uh, I, I have to rely on the. Uh, it's a historical neighborhood, so they don't really right. change. Right, so I have to rely on the newspaper uh, articles saying how they they cut down bushes and upgraded the uh, right. the lighting. 
Right. But you know what's funny? That neighborhood's kind of busy because you got the train station. You would think you would have a lot of foot traffic because that. I area think it was less busy then. Less busy. I have a I have a feeling. I uh, you know, I mean, Austin Street on the other side always had rows and rows of stores yeah. and and stuff. And but once you got on the other side of of the tracks there, the trestle. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now you're on the south side of the tracks. I, I think it was always pretty quiet, especially at twelve thirty at night. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There was a beefsteak Charlie's right there that I'm sure was was closed for the evening already by that point. Sure. Uh, you know. And that, that's just you know to to go along with that. Um, yeah. The only retail on the north side, on the, I'm sorry, on the south side of the railroad tracks, um, there was I think there was only beefsteak Charlie's was the only retail uh, establishment. It. it was either. Um, the, the railroad tracks, the station, and then across across the courtyard, Beefsteak Charlie's, uh, which was connected to uh, a bunch of uh, Tudor Tudor style. The Forest Hills Inn, and and then the Forest Hills Inn, right. which is very unassuming even to this day. Mm -hmm. um, and I know that hasn't changed because I, I I've seen photos from back back in the seventies, and uh, it doesn't even look like a hotel. Um, it looks yeah. like um, it's not anymore, but I right. think at that point it might have still been. Right. I could be wrong. It, right? it basically so. just looks like an apartment building with a foyer. You know, with this shooting, um, unfortunately, there were no witnesses and no no sketch for the police to go by. Uh, Christine in the hospital before she passed away. She did she did live a few more hours, uh, but before she passed away. She was able to tell the police that they didn't, you know, she didn't see anybody and John Deal didn't see anybody either do it. The person just came out of nowhere. Um, you know, who do you think did this? If you could make an honest guess. Uh, they, you know, uh, you know, Maury Terry says that uh, this, this was, this was um, uh, a shooting they brought somebody in. Uh, from you know, from from outside of New York. Right. Wow. Um, oh, uh, Manson oh, too. Manson is, too. Man, right. Manson too is right. the the nickname that Maury gave uh, for you know for the shooter. Um, but that's you know we we re we really don't know who Manson too is. Uh, there's some ideas of who it might be, but. Uh, you know, without without any eyewitnesses, like you said earlier, there's no police sketches. So, well, Carl, you did say that David was here. David Berkowitz was here. Did he have yeah, a body? So, with the, um... so as as with all the shootings, there was always um, uh, uh, four or five uh, people. Uh, obviously, the shooter, um, getaway cars, uh, lookout. Uh, you know, uh, people surveilling the area. Um, Supposedly there was across across the way. I don't know if you can see it in, in the shot. The uh, forest hills in. Forest hills in, right? Uh, when John Deal was being questioned after the shooting, he said that um, there was, uh, you know, um, a shady character uh, hanging out in front of there. And yeah. you know, in retrospect, they they kind of assumed it was uh, one of the lookouts. The other interesting, um, another interesting point is when. Uh, uh, John John dropped Christine off in front of the movie theater, parked the car, and then walked walked back to the movie theater. And they decided to they decided they decided to go to um, to the wine gallery uh, to have a drink for the movie. 
So uh, when they were walking into the wine gallery, a gentleman was coming out and they kind of bumped shoulders and they apologized to each other. And uh, at the time, John didn't think much of it, but um, after the arrest of David Berkowitz, uh, he realized- uh, He recognized him. David Berkowitz was the guy he bumped into at the wine gallery. Um, <clears throat> the only real witness is somebody in the Forest Hills Inn, right, who saw a suspicious character, okay, uh, but saw that character almost on the driver's side at the apex of the two roads where they came in. Right. Right. Now, I guess at that point, uh, we don't know. It could it could have been more than one person there, or it could have well, just been yeah that person. And what we have to remember is you know Berkowitz. I mean, some, some obviously in in a case uh, that's forty five years old and a lot of unanswered questions. There's a lot of assumptions we have to make based on the limited knowledge we have. Yeah. <clears throat> and one of the things that Berkowitz has never wavered from um, that there was multiple. Multiple people you know. at every shooting. Mm -hmm. um, we already know he was there because Deal uh, bumped into him. Um, there's a good chance that um, I, I, I just I don't recall, but there, there is a good chance that the person uh, the person that the doorman saw could have been Berkowitz just standing there being a lookout. It's not necessarily the shooter. We really don't know where the shooter came from, um, but. Um, but at that hour, um, and with the foot traffic in that place, the suspicious-looking character picked up by the uh, the doorman was either the shooter or Berkowitz, or or both. But um, again, going with the assumption more than one person was there, um, you know, we just don't know where they were or who they were. Okay, okay. Let me ask you this, Carl. Now, this from a more personal perspective. Um, this was the, s the second shooting since your shooting. Okay, there was a third, and then this one happened. Right. Um, what were you thinking at this time? Did, um, did you make any connections? I mean, because the police, I think after this one, there started to be an idea that yeah. there's, there's a serial killer coming around. <laughs> but what were, what were you thinking? Did you, did you think, oh, oh, this is very similar to what happened to me? Yeah, believe it or not, uh, the short answer is no, um, and there's a good reason for that. <clears throat> um, it, there was no indication, um, but, uh, directly after the fourth shooting, there was a, a small indication that there might be there might be something going on. Um, it wasn't really been, uh, it wasn't really spoken uh, about in the newspaper. Um, and again, most of this is in retrospect. You know, I've I've learned things since then, right. but at the time, um, no, because you know, uh, it really, you know, it, there, there might have been an article or two saying, "Hey, there might be a serial killer." I'm not even sure if they use that term, serial killer, but there, you know, there might be someone out shooting uh, couples. You know, but it, it was if 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 there was an article, it was a small article and, and one or two. It, it wasn't like the big news. That didn't happen for another. Uh, that didn't happen till March tenth. Right, right. Um, a couple more months. Right, and I guess to put it in perspective, is you know the city was overridden by crime. There were a lot of shootings. It was common to hear about 
Well, that's the old thing. Happening. That's the old thing. No internet, no 24-7 news cycle. So you probably could have lived in the next neighborhood over and not even know about it. Yeah, the the only reason, uh, not the only reason, but the reason uh, Forest Hills made such big news was um, because it was Forest Hills. Yeah, because it's a nice area. Fancy, a lot of doctors, uh, lawyers, lived there, all that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and and the fact that person died um, always adds more credence to the story. Um, and I liken it back to my shooting, because um, my shooting is very similar. You know, upscale neighborhood, a couple sitting in a car. Um, certainly not not nearly as public as the Forest Hills, you know, uh, deal for, uh, for shooting. shooting. Um, but but I, I was you know I was wounded, and um, yeah. you know, fun, uh, quick uh, funny story. Uh, um, a good friend of mine. Who, uh, Marlon Hopkins, who was uh, part of the uh, Omega Task Force, he was a detective, um, homicide detective in Queens. And the way things worked back then, and I guess still today, uh, if you're on duty and you're a homicide cop, um, if there's a homicide, you go to the scene and you do what you do. Um, Marlon was actually uh, on duty that night. Um, and I'm assuming he was the one that interviewed Deal. Um, but oh. as the case progressed and they formed the Omega Task Force, uh, Marlin was uh, assigned to that shooting. The funny story was um, when I was shot, he happened to be on duty. And being it's Queens, and Flushing's not that far from Forest Hills. No. Um, totally two different neighborhoods uh, separated by uh, the, what, the, the Grand Central. Yeah. Um, but, you know, not, not far at all. Um, and he heard of, you know, over the radio, uh, you know, gunshot to the head in Flushing. And uh, he told me the story two, three years ago. But uh, he walked into the emergency room. I'm laying on the gurney, getting worked on, getting the bone and shrapnel taken out of my head. And uh, he asked the doctor, he goes, you know, how's, how's this guy doing? He goes, oh, he's, he's going to make it. So I said, all right, see you later. It's not, it's walked not out. a homicide. He, he, was, he wasn't interested in he was reluctant to tell me that story, um, but uh, I, as of now, I got a kick out of him when he did tell me a story because I don't know. I thought I thought it was kind of funny, yeah, but he thought funny. it was disrespectful, and I said, "No, not at all. You're just doing your job." Uh, anyway, I digress. Damn, yeah. damn, I got nothing to do. No, no work here. <laughs> no work here. No paperwork. Okay, so with that, we're gonna take a break and be back for the next episode of Conspiracy Four Two O. Son of Sam Chronicles with Carl DeNaro. Thank you.